Hey, good morning, everybody. It is uh, Sunday, the 19th of March, and I'm here with my best friends, Jacob. Uh, hey, Brother Julian. It's three in the afternoon. Uh, and DJ? Yeah, well. Good morning, though. It's Sunday, so it's always yeah. morning. Hi. Hey, hey. I'm still here. <laughs> hey. It's Sunday. And uh, this is Left Look. It's a premier independent podcast from the Gatto Institute where we'll be taking a look at Canadian international arts, culture, and entertainment to provide you with an unbiased, open perspective. It'll see you to premier podcast in Bedant to the Institute Gatto, or new, new penchants, or the arts, the culture, the divertissement Canadian, and international offer and perspective impartially to gauche. Huh. God, I'm so conscious what, of that. What's now. gauche mean? Left. Mm, right, duh. We. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, right, right is what actually. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Yeah. Just mixing it up yeah. with boosh. Yeah. I'm just thinking, impartial mouth, impartial boosh. mouth. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it's partial left. Oh no. Oh yes, I see. Yeah. All right. Well, no, it's a it's a turn of it's a French turn of phrase actually. It's uh, you know, the impartial mouth is uh, it's meant to represent the people you see. Yes. The people who are meant to be fed with cake. Vox as, Populi. Uh, Marie Antoinette. Vox Deus, right? Like... <laughs> Those are my favorite programs on Vox, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. All right. So this week, I read something. Wow. For the show. Whoa. Yeah. Tell us more, Julian. It's an, it's an article called The Fangirlification. Of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I I think this is important because I think it's it's alluding to the only viable way to make media anymore. But we'll get into that in a moment. Okay. Sure. So it's not just about Formula it's the first One. Paragraph. <laughs> it's what? not just about Formula One, is what you're promising me. That's good. That's good. Yes. Yes. I, I'm gonna get into other. Uh, Fields of research right. in, in this topic. Ooh, right. ooh, broad reaching. POV. You're dating a Formula One driver. Images from the paddock flash before your eyes. A 23 second long TikTok viewed by over 88,000 people shows uh, slows only to wives and girlfriends ruffling the lush curly hair of their beloveds. Handsome, thick neck, accented athletes at the apex of their careers. Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer is the soundtrack. These kinds of videos are most commonly associated with pop stars and actors. However, a shift is upon us. Culture moves fast, and the fangirlification of Formula One is here. Vroom, vroom, baby. Jesus. That's a cold open. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I got to that vroom, vroom, and I thought, yeah, I have to read this out loud to people for sure. Okay, well, um, yeah, we're on board. Right? Seatbelts, seatbelts on, cook like. Yeah, there's a there's a big article here about um, just the various drivers and how cute they are and how they're portrayed. Um, there's a seventy thousand, there's seventeen thousand fan fictions written about Formula One drivers. Interesting. Oh, okay. Right. Isn't how many of those are erotic? Isn't this just Rule Thirty Four? <laughs> I was getting to the same joke. Everything is a porn. Right? <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure there is loads of Formula One Rule 34, but, uh, but I didn't investigate that. For not this. as much as Thomas that's the fair. Tank Engine, I'd bet. Anyways. That's, that's true. Yeah, I mean, give it time. Thomas has more uh, more of a, like a history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and th- Thomas is inherently more erotic, too. I would say. Oh, very much so. Very phallic by nature. <laughs> Bulky. Uh, Formula One is often viewed as an elitist sport in which only two women, uh, Marie Theresa and Lella Lombardi, and one black man, uh, Lewis Hamilton, have raced in Grand Prix despite the fact that there have been over 900 drivers. I just thought that was a fun little tidbit. So three out of 900 (coughs) are... We're not straight white. Well, maybe the success of the sport is uh, attributable to their... Neglect of DEI. What do you think? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. (laughs) Just a joke. Maybe. Just a joke. 
But uh, I, I should mention the black man, Lewis Hamilton, won seven championships. In yeah, his, he's like, the best. The reigning yeah. goat, which <laughs> shocking is crazy for like the first black guy to show up and then just dominate the sport. Is it that crazy? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how many times have we been through this? <laughs> I, <laughs> I guess, I yeah. guess. What else? What else do I highlight here? Uh, if you want to understand how this motorsport has come to inspire some serious fangirling, particularly in the States, you have to follow the money. Mm-hmm. This is something I wasn't aware of, too, going into this. Oh, okay. uh, in 2016, Formula One was purchased by American company Liberty Media. Do you want to guess what the Formula One brand was worth? At the time? Know. Yeah. Um, Not as much as it's worth Just now. the brand? Well, y- yeah, like the brand and broadcasting rights and... I don't know, three, four billion dollars. What do you got? Billion? I was going to say like like 20 million. Like imagine this would be comparable to like the NFL yeah, you, or the NHL. You can't yeah. buy a, a Formula One car for 20 million, <laughs> DJ. <laughs> I I mean, yeah. No, Jacob's, Jacob's very close. It is 4.4, or it was sold for 4.4 billion. Who even cares that much? <laughs> Jacob and people who care about finance. Well, Liberty said, "Hey, oh, we know how to do people. fangirlification, so we're gonna fucking fangirlify this IP and make some money." What did it. they do beforehand, yeah. Liberty? Okay. Is that the people who do Liberty, 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 Liberty Media? Yeah. I have no idea. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, leading up to this, uh, Formula One viewership dropped by 40% between 2008 and 2016, <gasps> which that's, yeah, sizable. Uh, Formula One's fan base is twice as large as the NFL, Oh. but the NFL brings in eight times the revenue. Okay. So, yeah. How did, how, what what are the metrics that. on that, I have to wonder? How do you mean? Like, how do they, how do they judge a fan base? Like, just based off of, like, reoccurring viewership? viewership? Yeah, viewership. Yeah, viewership, maybe like tweet uh, engagement analytics. Yeah, I don't know. I know Formula mm. One. Ha- yeah, for- Formula One has a outsized uh, fan base in the uh, in several of the developing countries. You know, like Brazil and things like that. So there might be a lot of people with who are oh, yeah. big mm. fans who are not able to be viewed all the time. Sorry, able to view it all the time. But I don't know. I don't know a lot about the sport. But yeah, they're they're tweeting twenty times a day though to make up for it. Maybe, maybe. Um. Anyway, sorry, Julian. Yeah. I, I guess I interrupted you. No, no, that's all good. It's a conversation. Um. They are worth. Jacob mentioned that there's. A, they are worth bank nowadays. What? I hope you get to that eventually. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't have any numbers on the current value. Yeah, their current assets, total assets, are forty-four billion. Their revenue is eight point seven billion, and their operating income is just under two billion. Jesus, it's not too Wow, and it's it, yeah, that's a huge turnaround. Well, that's like all sports teams. What, well, sorry, I'm just going to jump in quickly. Um, what's his face? Mark yeah, yeah. Cuban from Shark Tank. He bought the Dallas Mavericks for a couple hundred million like 10, 15 years ago, and because of the just absolute explosive rate of inflation, that team and, like, uh, sports teams are, like, (laughs) directly tied into the economy, right? Like, well tied in. They're part of the infrastructure. They have the merchandising that people will shell out no matter amount the money for. They're, like, they're untouchable by the the whims of the economy. And now it's worth, like, $7, $8 billion. So, like, anyway, sorry, I cut you. No, 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 it's good. You mentioned um, lots of fans in, like, developing countries, and that's part of, uh, what's their name? Liberty's decision to expand. Mm-hmm. They cut uh, restrictions on team social media engagement, so now teams can just go fucking bananas online. Mm-hmm. And they do, indeed. I... Uh, Drive to Survive, the Netflix series, was also a big catalyst sorry dj you go ahead i was gonna i was gonna say i this sounds like you're foreshadowing 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 the fangirlification i i'm gonna identify a couple other instances where i think 
uh, fangirlification has been deliberately and successfully carried out. Okay. But I'll get there. Get there in a moment. That's turn, uh, that's what, turn six? <laughs> yeah. We're still on turn one, turn two? That's about half distance. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, this article talks a lot about how the sport is accessible for women, which, I mean, I guess somebody's like, oh, there's only 20 drivers. I can keep track of them all. It's nice and easy. It's like, that's. Oh, you think it's because women are dumb? Is that what you were saying? I thought it was like women. Yeah. Women. <laughs> that's how it comes up. I thought that you were saying like women can drive and there's no like physical uh, difference between men and women on that. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point, Julian. And then you were just like, but this guy's a sexist. Like. <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> uh, yeah that's pretty cringe i mean you know i i guess as a sport it does have merit because it's just it's just a machine doing the work so yeah, yeah it's um, just reaction yeah. times right anyone can sh- hop in there should be no difference between the sexes on that right what's testosterone gonna help with fucking reaction times i don't think so gonna it's gonna jump yet. up that adrenaline brother it's <laughs> gonna get you raging women if women tend to be smaller and lighter, then that's that's a sizable advantage in a race car like uh-huh, that. Uh-huh. So, Maybe so I'm sure I could. Maybe we'll see. I'm sure I could get a smaller and skinnier man that I could like a woman for the for the purpose fit for purpose. <laughs> you know, like jockeys. Jockeys are a, a perfect example. Yeah. Anyways, go on. You know, uh, I'm sure I could that's get true. a smaller and lighter child. <laughs> they need to drive the car. But, uh, Right, they need to be well, from a uh, big enough. Not, that's they need to be small whatever. enough to Get be like a an advantage. Year old. They need to be small enough to be an advantage on a two-ton vehicle, right? So they got to be missing like a hundred uh-huh. pounds almost, right? <laughs> and then all, on top of that, they got to be coming from a big enough pool of diversity that you can, you know, find a good driver amongst them, right? So if you're picking like eighty-pound girls, I'm thinking that's no good. I, I just what you are you saying that there's not a lot of 80 pound girls just chilling out <laughs> maybe who, you're right i don't want to like i don't know ditch school just to race a car i don't think it's very high i think the sims is much higher than forza on women's gaming consoles <laughs> yeah but what they're watching on tv they're watching f1 now mm. and uh dj you alluded to something you could get uh you get faster times by putting children in the car. Mm-hmm. You can also get a lot of female viewers by putting 18 and 19-year-olds in the car. It's so true. It's so true. That's uh, just like that's another aspect of what's going on. Like here. Harry Styles lookalikes. They they mentioned the typecast when they were going in. They were like, uh, you know, kind of muscular-looking yep. femboys with the curly brown hair, right? It's like, geez, that's kind of yep. creepy. And it also made me think of that movie <laughs> with uh, Chris Hemsworth in it, uh, the Formula One movie about the the two greatest guys from oh, the yes. 70s. I can't remember that movie's name, but uh, he wasn't curly brown hair, and, you know, he's Chris Hemsworth, you know? And there was a curly brown hair guy in that <laughs> film, and he was ugly. But I'm just going to keep rolling. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, fuck that ugly guy in that movie. We can't remember the name. He was ugly before he was burned and had all his skin removed, too. Oh, <laughs> So, yeah, let's see. Is there any other thing I uh, should mention in here? Oh, in the Drive to Survive, Mm -hmm. like Netflix franchise, which is insanely successful, by the way. It's done five seasons and it's slated for, I don't know, at least two or three more. Mm, That's good for Netflix. I slate Netflix for two or three more years of survival, so that's good. (laughs) I don't know. I think they're going to do sports fucking docuseries like this one. I think that might be the game plan for the next year or two. Because I think they're doing... I think they're doing the same formula with fucking PGA golf. Well, the Michael Jordan was the first fucking uh, Netflix documentary that was huge successful, right? Yeah. You know the mm-hmm. one I'm talking about? So that's the model, but I don't know how I long so. you can burn that fuel. You know what I mean? Like, what I'm learning about Scalabrini from Chicago, you know, the, the worst NBA player to ever play is why I picked him. It's like, <laughs> am I really watching this documentary anymore? Yeah. I don't know. There's a limited field. Yeah. There is, but I think, you know, people will buy a new FIFA every year. I think people would watch the new season of sports docuseries every year as well. Yeah, I think it's the... Instead of just like a one-time, one-off. I think it's the lifestyle associated with footballers, you know, that they're just 
allowed to do whatever they want and, yeah. and be like, you know, complete children for their entire lives. Whereas Formula One, because of that mm-hmm. class thing it was talking about, they're, the rich people already don't know how to have fun when they win. You know what I mean? They're just kind of depressed, and that's why they need this competition. Whereas, like, <laughs> yeah, whereas, like, a successful uh, footballer or a basketball player, what's that guy's name who was in the, in the news recently? I think his name's um, Morant. He was an NBA player. And there's a picture of him in the strip club getting topped off. And there's, Kevin? Uh, no, no. Morant, not Durant, but um, I know. But there's just cash, like dollar bills, hundred dollar, twenty dollar, five dollar bills, all over this huge room, right? Like covering it, walls, <laughs> floors, and he's just getting topped off by some stripper. And it's like that's why people get into that kind of thing because they want to be able to live the lifestyle that comes with that luxury and excess, right? Whereas Formula One, you yeah. come from luxury and excess. What are you looking for? Achievement. You empty fuck, you know. <laughs> I I think yeah, it's you gotta be. I think it's something. Um, I think it's something more petty. I think it's even more. I, I think it's just about the drama, really. What other thing do rich people have other than, you know, yeah. being gossipy about the lives of other rich people and being like, oh yeah, well, <laughs> I won this race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's somewhere to get messy. Yeah, like a like a playpen almost. Yeah, They're you know like, what? Yeah. Here's your safe environment to be. Your father dies when he's seventy, right? And you uh, you head up the private equity firm after your uh, Formula One race, and then in your forties at the at the yacht club, you know, someone will introduce you as oh our own uh, our own local sports hero, <laughs> and I think <laughs> yeah. that alone would be worth it for that class of people. <laughs> Well, no, it's it's funny you mention that because the latest like billionaire guy to do that kind of brazenly mm-hmm. was this Canadian uh, billionaire, something Stroll. I forget his first name. But yeah, you you can tell he's in it for fame, for the prestige. Yeah, yeah. he put his son behind the wheel. It's like, all right, that's that's the choice, man. Oh, I hope he gets got. Wouldn't that be great? He's, uh, you know what? I was rooting against him for a while, but. Just today, they did very well, like the Austin Martin team. Mm-hmm. But it's too early, too early to speculate on where the season's going. Yeah, it just started, right? Yeah, two races in now. I, I don't hope he loses. I hope he crashes and disfigures himself horribly. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you you kind of got your wish. He had a pretty bad mountain bike accident mm. uh, like a month ago. I want his dad to learn something and then be able to tell some other billionaires about what he learned, you know? That might actually improve humanity if that guy just had the most terrible accident. No. (laughs) What you're describing is the origin story of every B-rate villain I've ever heard about. And that's all that's going to (laughs) happen. That's true. That's basically... Either either the son becomes disfigured and becomes the villain, like, you know, Batman style, very comic booky, or they die... And the father becomes like a jaded, power-hungry, uh, action action movie villain. Like it reminds, or, it reminds me gonna... of the plot of Morbius. You know, he's gonna try and fix himself, and then he ends up. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, I have yet to see. It's Morbin time. Yeah, it's Morbin time. Fuck. <laughs> what the? We I I don't think anyone uh... has seen that film, and yet everyone references it. You know what I mean? Like, what? An... I don't think I've heard it referenced in like. I don't know, like a year maybe. Mm. Well, it is an old reference. Okay, it's an old code, but yeah. it checks out. I'm old. <laughs> it's been. It is dated at this. You know, memes are just exploding. Memes are just evolving at the speed of light at this point. Yeah. And uh, yeah. were yeah. I to were I to describe Morbius as chuggy, I myself would be cringing it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, he's up to date on the memes. I uh, I can't be bothered. For real. For real. No cap. That's old now, too. Uh, <laughs> all right, sorry, we've interrupted you again. No, 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 it's good. It's, I'm, I'm trying to spur conversations. Uh, uh, you're not interrupting him, Jacob. You're overtaking him and then, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, attacking the corners. Come on, Slingshot. Yeah. We got a slingshot. Yeah. You're understeering. Yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pull into the pits quick. Give me a sec. Yeah. Oh, wait, everyone's and, uh, going. Everyone, oh, I forgot how this game works. Shit. <laughs> I love the movie Cars. 
I just I'm gonna put that out there. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I think uh, I think that's pretty much everything from the article I want to cover. Didn't they uh, do? Uh, sorry, Julian. Didn't they do uh, like a Formula One take on cars? That was like very poorly received. Uh, I think that's just Cars Two. Like, Never mind. Where they go to Europe or something? Yeah, Cars Two is like the world tour, and it's like no longer yeah, NASCAR. Does, it's not only the world tour. Right. He's a spy infiltrating a world tour. <laughs> right. Sent, sorry, hosted right. by an evil billionaire car. Hey, um, see? Right. Huh. Okay. I was thinking. You know I what? was thinking over here about how you could perfect. Maybe that should be our next movie review. Maybe. I hope not. It was terrible. I've only seen it once, and it was like 15 <laughs> years ago. Like it's really bad. Um, yeah. No, I was thinking about how you could perfect the fangirlification of uh, Formula One over here, and I think you have to pick a people. You know, like the UFC finding the Dagestani's to be great at that. And I was thinking which people would be the uh-huh. best to farm for Formula One drivers and for fangirlification. Yeah. It's the South Koreans. You know, you put a little K. I think it's... you put a little K-pop boy. <laughs> he wins a race. He gets out. He performs a concert, lip singing. But who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Like, I he's, I think he's beautiful. You could really yeah, it doesn't matter. An absolutely gorgeous little cherub-nosed, beautiful-haired Korean boy. I'm sure he could just slay these Gen Z kids. That's how I would do it if I was rich. You know, that's basically there, the plot of the Elvis movie. There are a movie. couple of them. He, in the ranks right now mm. maybe there's maybe there's market testing going on it could be there could be i think team samsung yeah elvis go on sorry uh El- i wanted to talk about elvis because it reminds me of the elvis movie because uh basically the the plot of the elvis movie when it's not talking about civil rights that elvis never gave a shit about it uh, it shows that his manager was just like, look at this twink. I can make so much money off this twink. I loved that. I loved. Yeah. I loved that fucking bit. <laughs> I'm stealing that from. Chapel. What do you, what do you, uh, what do you think all K-pop groups are? That's just that's just <laughs> their existence. No, I don't. Well, you know what? You guys. Are... I don't think the Koreans. Sorry, sorry I don't. Finish these I don't think the K-pop boys generally are twinks. I just think that the. They have such a an effeminate look, such a beautiful look to them that you think they're twinks. But, you know, they're good-sized boys, you know? I don't know. I'm just fucking around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you uh, you guys have given me a good segue here. Okay. Let's talk about the the some other media spheres that have been fangirlified. Okay. This, this is my evolving theory. Sure. Uh, the formula, you need to take a, a typically male interest uh-huh. and then emphasize or add features specifically to appeal to females. And then find pretty okay. males who are good and, at it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's part do of it. You, um, do you have an example, Julian? Yeah, the earliest one I could come up with, although Elvis is an earlier example that probably works just as yeah. well, is uh, musical acts and like boy bands specifically mm-hmm. that combine rock and roll and love songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You see, so my my example there was the Beatles, but like the Rolling Stones kind of uh, fit as well. So does Elvis. Oh no, the Beatles is a great example. You know, Paul McCartney's got right. Like it was done. Paul McCartney's got that song when he was solo. I think it's just called "I Love You," and he says "I love you" twenty seven times in a row, and he's making fun of the fact <laughs> that all he does is write shitty love songs, and uh, that John yeah. gave him a lot of shit for that. And so you know, they are a good example of that. <laughs> Yeah, no. I feel like it was done very consciously with the Beatles. Yeah. To try and uh, fangirlify this band. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with keeping with the musical scene, I had this written down. Uh, the current evolution of the phenomenon is K-pop. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. fangirl social media engagement is so like such a huge part of that phenomenon. I I dare say it's all of it. That is the sole task of a K-pop group yeah. is to drag in that that, you know those fans and just keep them constantly eating just (laughs) fed all the time yeah maybe this is the result of the collapse of gender as a concept for these new generations that are coming up but i don't know maybe we should think about what is uh what is fanboyification in in comparison you know what i mean i uh 
I'm a little concerned we're just all in agreement about this term, and that usually is a red flag. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I was also I was struggling to find a line between like what is fangirlification as opposed to just like females interested in anything. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the uh, the difference is that uh, white females from the ages of 12 to 14 can be manipulated to have a hyper-focus on something that is, like, purely capitalistic. One Direction was the example from my uh, age group. I just remember so much yeah. money, merchandise. Ed Sheeran. Yeah, just, like, and they always put out these new little twinks, you know? I don't know where they find them. Yeah. There's always one. There's always some, you know, just kicking around. Yeah. Just yeah. got to look for them. Yeah. But uh, I have a couple other examples here that are from a more visual format. Mm. Uh, I think another early example was Game of Thrones. Oh, that's a good one. Like a typical kind of Lord of the Rings style fantasy. Like that's really like man domain. Yeah. I, if I could jump know. in here, I'm a, I know all the but Game you of add, Thrones. You sprinkle in things. Uh, and... Uh, the, if you've read the books, you would uh, you yeah. would realize that what how incapable George R. R. Martin is of writing to a female audience, let alone writing a female character. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, like the Danny scenes from the first season uh, are just so tame compared to what goes on in the uh, in the books. Uh, in the marriage scene, for instance, right. Uh, he, uh, Cal Drogo takes her out to some place and rapes her, and it's a really fucking powerful scene, and it's like really mm. dark and depressing. But in the uh, in the book, he rapes her in front of everybody, the whole tribe, <laughs> and she's thinking the whole time about how she can become the dragon or some shit like that, and her brother is a pussy or some shit like that. Anyways, I jumped in oh. for no reason there, basically. But that is a fangirlification yeah. <laughs> because George R. R. Martin is like he only has the ability to write for men, basically, right? Look at the guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a good example. Uh, what else do I have? So yeah, I think Game of Thrones was one example. You know, you could probably contest that. I don't know how much it was fangirl if I No, it was fangirlified. Really especially the, especially it. those last seasons when uh the uh, when it got terrible, I don't relate to that at all, so I can say that's fangirled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's how that works. No, it's not. It was just a joke. It's just a joke. I think the uh, I think the the best example though of this phenomenon is the Mandalorian. Ooh, Grogu. Good call. Yeah, like Star Wars. You you know that's that's typically a male thing. Is, but you throw in a little baby alien. Is that just Disneyfication? Like, and then maybe that leads back to my earlier point about the collapse of gender, which, you know, Disney, as the Ministry of Propaganda for the United States Empire, has been at the forefront uh, of, you know, and uh, not be, not out of any insidious thing, right? But just as like a profit-seeking, follow-the-culture kind of thing, right? Stay in control. Yeah. And... Uh, this is what the middle class wants to watch. Yeah, exactly. This is what they think, and this is how we'll guide them, right? This is what we think polite society should include based on our surveys, you know? Like, it's uh, yeah, it's empty and soulless. I don't know why I jumped in. Oh, Mandalorian. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I really hate the Bo-Katan character. I, I saw a TikTok recently, and uh, she was sitting in an empty palace, just sprawled out over a throne... And someone did a cosplay as Bo-Katan, and she saw the ship coming down, and she started getting dressed really hurriedly, and she was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and then she managed to sprawl out on her throne right before Mando showed up. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not sure who Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan is. Bo-Katan's the, uh, she's from not only the, uh, uh, the Mandalorian, but she's from the Clone Wars. She was the Mandalorian second in command during the Darth Maul arc of the Clone Wars. The woman second okay. in command. You haven't watched the Clone Wars? No, I don't think oh so. Oh my god. Oh my The animated god. one? Is that is that the really old one? No, no. The uh the animated one. Hmm. Not the uh Yeah, but that's still like ten years old, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well that's not that old. The uh, cartoon one is from two thousand two or some shit like that. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I did see that one. Yeah, the cartoon one. And the one you were referring to. Yeah, well, anyways, I uh, I was, again, I was kidding. Bo-Katan can be who she wants. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, one more example, The Last of Us. I haven't okay, seen I the same... a single episode. How about you, DJ? Uh, I've not seen nor <laughs> know anything of The Last of Us. I know that the guy from Parks and Rec apparently did a good job at being a very uh, empathetic <laughs> gay man. Okay. You know it's on HBO, right, DJ? Uh, no, I I did know that, but I had promptly forgotten that, and <laughs> you've told me again, so now I, mean... I know again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my case. What? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. What was your case? You There's just no you just said it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for fangirlification writ large. Yeah. For with the Last of Us specifically. Yeah. Uh, is you know pretty much the same as Mandalorian. It's even like Pedro Pascal. Oh, you just think Pedro Pascal? I think he's just the new hotness. That's all. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, partially maybe. The what? But like in both of those roles, he's an adoptive dad. There's a there's a daddy every uh, generation or so. Pierce Brosnan, Sean O'Connery, Harrison Ford. These people come and go. You know, they're yeah. another typecast. It's like finding a twink. It's like gold on the street. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very good bit i like thanks that. <laughs> thanks <sighs> that uh yeah i think in the future we're gonna see more ips you know typically male leaning that uh have stuff added for the ladies to fangirl mm. which you know is that sexist of me to say I don't know. Yeah. I don't, think so. I don't I mean Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It uh in in the context of I think calling it that and uh you know, taking it as a as a view of like, oh, the wokeness, you know, mm-hmm. the the inclusivity um I don't know. It's it's a weird thing cuz like are they doing it they are doing it just for money, really, at the end they of the day. They are profit-seeking, but they reinforce yeah. the narratives of fucking sexism and patriarchy. With yeah. Yeah, so, like, from both from both vantages, it's just a, a pretty sexist thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just, like, people are going to like what they're going to like. Mm-hmm. I don't think... I, whether Whether the end, you know, whether the media itself is pandering to anyone in particular i don't think is really the case i think they're just trying to get as much out of everyone as they can constantly you know yeah as i agree with that but the the way to get the most out of people is to take like a male ip i know i keep saying that but and then adding female elements i think that's the formula if you say that whether or not that's good or bad i've noticed on the internet if you want to do the uh, stereotypical men and female and uh, you're a very like uh, lib left kind of woman the way you go about it is saying the divine masculine and the divine feminine and apparently that just shields right. you from all that shit so mm. that's okay that's what I mean yeah. that's <laughs> thanks yeah. that's what I mean um, <laughs> yeah I don't know I, I think not only is it sexist but it's doomed to fail because DJ's right people are going to be interested in what they're interested in and you know the millions upon millions of people who watch the keeping up with the Kardashians right like that's because of the status that the Kardashians have that these women identify with, right? They want to have the greatest status that they can reasonably achieve in their fantasies, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, Formula One, as, you know, prestigious and famous as that would make you, doesn't make you a high-status woman in society, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, not Kardashian status for sure, but I think still celebrity status. Really? Outside, yeah, some of those like wives or girlfriends. Let's I mean, do this, DJ. I don't follow. What? Name what, as what? name as many Formula One drivers as you can. Ooh, uh, okay, um, Mr. Hamilton. Yeah. Um, Mr. Uh, Vaughn stole the show last year. So those are the two uh, he remembers. Sh- okay, sh- no, shut up. I'm still so, talking. Uh, Mr. Mr. Billionaire. Um, well, that was the stole. Two, that was stole. The two, the two ladies Julian so. mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. How many know... Kardashians could you name? 
Kim? I don't know if DJ is the best. Wait, 10? No, no, no he said I, Kim. Kim. Yeah, I said he, Kim. DJ oh. is perfect because he definitely doesn't watch the Kardashians either, right? But it has seeped through his brain. I mean, the, uh, the prestige associated with being, like, trophy people as a, as a Kardashian, I, I don't feel that that's unfair to say, right? They, uh, they specifically modify their bodies to be more attractive. I don't. I, it, it feels like the trophica- trophification of themselves. Uh-huh. But um, right, bimbofication. No, that's that's no good. I think <laughs> <laughs> even after all the shit I was saying about uh, twinks, I feel like that's no good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but, like where is this going? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, Do you know the Kardashians sorry, yeah, or not? The, sorry, the fangirlification of Formula One can never happen uh-huh. because it just doesn't. Uh, you know, orchestrate with society's view of itself. And you have to convince each new brood that is, you know, released onto this fucking earth like locusts to, you know, uh, identify with things that will bring them respect. Because that is, at the end of the day, what they want. They want to be adored, respected, attention, status. Okay. Yeah. It's the only drive humans have. And so, so you're saying we know. should let the Kardashians race in Formula One? <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I don't think there's a solution. I uh, I would uh, burn Formula One to the a, ground. I have a figure here, D- Jacob, that you might be. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it'll do. I think it'll like just some more crashes, and it'll do that itself. No, the crashes yeah. make it more popular. Unfortunately, I, I'm sure that's like statistically. So we should certain. have. We should have like a. Like a derby. Just finish it. The Formula end. One derby. The series finale. Yeah. Um, sorry, stat. <laughs> stat really. uh, in 2021, women made up 28% of the audience. In 2022, they were 34% of the That's audience. That's interesting. Okay, yeah. Great, good. That's, That's great. A big jump. That is a big jump. Um, yeah. Really interesting that... Uh, that... There's still no female drivers. What the heck? Why are there only two? I know. That's messed up. Right? I wonder how I, many... I mean, I do know. I wonder how many... Uh... No, that's that's probably transphobic to say that. But I was going to say, I wonder how many of those women that identify <laughs> as uh, such are just cat boys on the internet. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I said it anyways. Yeah. Hard to... I mean, hard to say. Yeah. Gender is a who's, fluid thing. Who's to know? <laughs> And maybe yeah. many of the people who who identify as male men in, in are actually women. Are, yeah. Are yeah, are trans mask. <laughs> XXY. It is very shit. funny to say though, like Oh, thirty four percent of the audience is women. Yeah, but they might be trans. So. <laughs> I mean yeah, statistics statistics like this mean nothing in the future. <laughs> what yeah, in our post truth era. What a yeah. thing to base like the the corruptibility of stats over a, a population that appears at something like one in fifteen hundred or one in two thousand or something like that. You know I mean, like, well, you know, that six percent swing could yeah. be accounted by those people. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, but that's what conservatives do. It's a scary place. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I was trying to wrap this up by imagining like what IP could be fangirlified next, and I was kind of drawing a blank. So I don't know if you guys have any ideas, but oh, I could be fangirled um, around for a minute. I don't know. I kind of reject the concept. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Like, like I understand what Julian is saying is that being an inevitability, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I feel like I feel or, like tw- not inevitable, but a trend. A trend. I I don't know. Maybe an inevitable trend. It's it's like I said. It's it's the. You know, it's it's the, the uh, what the broadcasters. That's the word I'm looking for. The broadcasters, the IP owners, trying to wring money out of what they own. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not so much of them like very focused. Like, oh, we got to get the females in on this. It's just like, oh, we have to make this as appealing as humanly possible. Yeah. Get, uh... Let's let's hire Daddy Pedro. Well, maybe that—that's the initial fucking response, right? Make as much money as possible. But then the the 
next answer is, well, then I have to capture as much market cap as I can. And then how do I do that? And then the fangirlification comes back. But I, I still kind of reject it as a concept because, like, what is the difference between the fangirlification <laughs> of uh, these things and, like, the obsessions that men go on? Andrew Tate is a fangirlification. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> That's, um, we're literally saying the same thing. Yeah. I wasn't trying to disagree with you. Well, is that a oh okay? Is that a fanboyification? I think we'd have to define that term before we. No, I think calling it a fangirlification is completely accurate because like, anyone who fucking follows that guy is not manly. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, any ideas? Any ideas? Um, Maybe PGA Tour. Maybe this Netflix show will be. uh, There is a PGA Tour. Sorry, a WPGA Tour, right? Like. It already exists. Uh-huh. It's been around for no, a long no, no. time. But like, oh right, I you need cute boys. Uh, Rory McIlroy yeah. was kind of cute in, at his height. You know what I mean? Didn't do much. But I guess it was like pre yeah. that time of the internet where we were all exposed to each other's thoughts all the time. Mm-hmm. So like I think he was yeah. big two thousand seven or two thousand eight, somewhere around there. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a left look prediction and say the PGA Tour will be fangirlified. Okay. In like the next two to three okay. years. I'm going to make a prediction and say the PGA Tour skill base is going to go down over the next 10 years and that uh, all the records will remain unbroken. But <laughs> other than that, they got nothing. Yeah, nothing. I, <laughs> all right. Um, my money's on probably the streaming industry at large. Yeah. Just, just becoming like uh, it's no longer... Um, hey, I'm going to start a stream. It's like, uh, because you see it, especially in like the VTuber sphere, where they're like, oh, uh, we are picking these individuals with nice voices, and like, we're going to make them into a team, and then we're going to categorize them. Like, uh, I, I don't know, these are the goth girls. Okay, great. Here's goth girl team. Go get them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can just see that being like, okay, we need. Uh, uh, and no offense to Germa, but like we need a Germa. Let's go find a Germa and like boop. And here you'll play yeah. shooter games. Germa nine three seven. Bip. There you go. People compare the rise of podcasting okay. yeah. to uh, the rise of radios in the thirties because like the best entertainment available at that time was just like listening to someone like us just talking. You know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. you know that will be overcome by what you said. Basically, like the CNNification of. Uh, our craft right and so that they'll just find people who have these pleasant voices yeah and you already kind of see that in podcasts yeah yeah the the trailblazing era is over for sure yeah yeah it's already become like a like a very pedicured production industry yeah yeah i uh i think we maintain the advantage for the little bit though because the uh the pedicured stuff is terrible like the ads are just rage-inducing in, on some of these places. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, now a word from our sponsors. Just kidding. Oh, yeah, do we have an ad this week? Uh, no, no I haven't. I have an article, but uh, we're we're once again at the like three-quarter mark, and I don't know if I can get through it. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it's good conversation. Well, let's talk about Putin for. Do you want to just do it next week, or do you want to? Yeah, yeah. we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Yeah, go okay. talk about Putin. What's Putin doing? What's that crazy guy up to? Putin. Uh, well, the uh, the Hague uh, famously finished up its trial of uh, George W. Bush uh, last week, mm-hmm. and he was found not guilty. <laughs> and so, once they were done with that, they decided to uh, issue an international arrest warrant for Russia's unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. Except, you know, provoked okay. in 92, 97, 2008, and 2014. <laughs> yeah, but, but not you this know, time. Yeah. The, the Hague, I'm going to do a bit about the Hague. Because the Hague has been sure. the city of peace for like 130 years. More, right? Wow. Every time the great powers get together to, t- to dis- discuss disarmament, rules of war, war criminals, they go to the Hague. Which is just this uh-huh. little shit-stained uh sea town in the netherlands okay okay and nothing they've ever done ever has ever worked out the way they planned it you know what i mean like the <laughs> uh, my favorite example is uh the rules of war for world war one they uh and just how like 
crazy, it spiraled out of control very quickly. And the uh, the first uh, thing that happened was that the British uh, blockaded everything going into Germany, right? Which is, uh, you know, technically against the rules of war, but also technically not, because the rules of war said that you're allowed to sink any ship that's carrying war material, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what's war material? Food? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Cotton. Maybe. Yeah, like yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that that food's going to the soldiers. That cotton's for their uniforms. Ugh, exactly, get it. but there's no material that you couldn't relate to military usage eventually, right? And so they just killed everything going in there. <laughs> and so then the Germans were like, "Well, uh, we got to uh, break the rules now too." And so the way that they broke the gas rules is that they opened canisters. Uh, actually, I'm skipping a step. Mm-hmm. They they were mad at the French for civilian bombing, right? But nobody in the French mm-hmm. command ordered it. Ordered it. It was just like some captain in a in a plane dropping grenades <laughs> out of his fucking plane. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so they were mad at uh, the French for bombing civilian targets, right? And so they decided mm-hmm. to go with. I would love to be that. F- yeah, go fucking French man in a biplane pioneering war. Crimes. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just doesn't even know what he's unleashing on the world. And so the Germans are like, well, we can't use <laughs> gas shells. That's pr- like absolutely prohi- prohibited, right? And uh, and so they mm-hmm. just would use these gas canisters and let the wind carry it across, right? And then it just yeah. evolves so quickly after that. The British are using gas canisters, but I always like to finish with the Canadians because on the internet mm-hmm. there is a meme that the Canadians were just barbarians during World War One. You know, like took mm-hmm. no prisoners. Yeah. And uh, in my opinion, <clears throat> once the Hague has you know its rules have broken down like that, what is the other option, right? Like they, everyone is committing war crimes, yeah. and you're like, well, I must fight like a gentleman. I don't think so. You know what I mean? And then it ends, of course, with the uh, <laughs> the Germans complaining about the Americans bringing shotguns into the trenches, which is just incredible to me. Like, just... <laughs> yeah, what else are you going to use in a fucking trench? Yeah, and, like, just time and time again, the Hague fails. They, uh, they were against strategic bombing uh, uh, initially, so, like, actually they, they could be responsible for saving hundreds of thousands of lives at the beginning of World War II. Because basically all nations uh, didn't develop any bombers that weren't tactical. Uh, they, they, they could not be strategic. And uh, because of that, yeah. like, not, like hundreds of thousands of civilians didn't die right off the hop of World War II, right? But like, uh, it was a joke to never have strategic <laughs> bombers, right? Like, what a fucking lie. Like, and immediately after war starts, they're like, well, we got to get a cargo plane up there with some bombs to drop out of it. You know what I mean? Like, we got to kill some civilians. Like, <laughs> it just seems so stupid to me. Yeah. It's so liberal. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean... Human rights is a bourgeoisie concept. It's yeah. so disconnected from reality. A little... A little. I mean, like the the alternative is just yeah, you know, fear. Is <laughs> just let it sort itself out. What if the uh, the fear of the other the enemy was even more heightened, and the war just never breaks out because they're like, well, I'd lose four hundred thousand civilians right off the hop. The British famously thought that they would lose fifty thousand civilians in the first week of the war, and it's because their mm-hmm. math was wrong, and they thought that bombs would fall like more uh targetedly and they thought they would kill more people for uh per blast right and so if you have that threat hanging over you right it becomes politically unviable to go to war right the germans will never elect hitler if the Mm. british in their propaganda says you guys try anything we'll burn all your cities to the ground within the first three (laughs) days of the war right (laughs) is that not more humanitarian than what the hague ended up doing unleashing i don't know uh, man we live in a we live in a hag society we do <laughs> there's a lot of witches here uh i really thought i could go longer on that so i'm sorry well i mean to, to be fair you didn't really talk about putin at all yeah i wasn't really wanting to i like oh it's a, we're coming back to- <laughs> it, it, it's a joke that he's being uh you know, condemned as an international war criminal when every U.S. president president is an international war criminal, right? Uh-huh. It's very funny that they just finished with Bush. Yeah. That's, no, no, that was I, I, I lied. That they never did a trial for Bush. Bush is never getting a trial, oh. right? That's what's funny about oh. it. 
okay. That that man at least should be shot before uh, Putin, right? How many, how many dozens more people did George Bush kill over uh, Vladimir Putin? Right, dozens of times. Sorry, I meant, um, like I think the the death count in the Ukraine on the Ukrainian side, I won't count the mm. Russian deaths, is uh like a hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand deaths. Right, we killed mm. at least five times as many Iraqis. You know, like not even close. Yeah. And we're going to call him an international war criminal, <laughs> unprovoked aggression, and violating the peace of the globe? What the fuck? What the fuck? I'm of the opinion that we should be yeah, leaving I mean, NATO. I don't know. Putin kind of just looks stupid. He does look stupid, right? Who? who us? No, Putin. Uh, Putin looks stupid, but, you know. Okay. It, it makes war criminals, it makes war criminality look stupid if war itself makes you a war criminal. Oh. You know, when the U.S. has been waging war on the entire globe since the early thousands, they have this document that they released as a national security memo in the early thousands, but they were like, uh, the rules-based order is over, and we are going to use force to maintain our hegemony forever, right? Like, they don't think that anyone should have the ability to grow and, you know, enter the community of great powers with them, right? They, they want to be top dog and not even challenged about it. And then at the same time, their liberal class has the audacity to give us the propaganda of the, you know, the old 20th century liberal mindset, which is just completely incongruous with the realities of today, with the war crimes that the Americans have perpetrated daily for 50 years. You know what I mean? Like, completely irrelevant, to, in my opinion. It's almost mm -hmm. a propaganda win for Putin to be like, the West is uh, an American puppet. We were right <laughs> to invade the Ukraine, right? I, I literally... Yeah. I couldn't think of something I hated more this week. Keep your keep your eyes peeled for uh, Putin's next uh, propaganda poster. Um, hopefully some, some cool return to, uh, you know, that Soviet-era, uh, you know, uh, iconography. You like that? Yeah, I'd be so mad if he did Soviet that. realism, I think that's called. So, so a lot of people do. You know, it's a, it's a motif. I, uh, I thought the art community book. hated it as a whole. I'm not very it artsy. It depends on who you ask. Yeah. It's uh yeah uh, you know Putin's Putin's got his uh it's it's Putin's turn. Let's see what he does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I think it'd be very funny if he got arrested. Yeah, I guess, but like, where? Like just, Where's he gonna go that he's gonna get arrested? He's not gonna leave fucking... the Greater Russia at this point, right? He's gonna get picked up in Kazakhstan while he's there yeah. one time. Just fucking Jacques Clouseau gets him in Crimea. Oh, you mean he's like <laughs> Crimea? Maybe? He's he's visiting like Vladivostok or some shit like that, and we just send a secret agent in. Yeah, yeah I'm sure that'd go over well. No, like a bumbling. No, it would have to be a bumbling cop that pulls it off oh somehow. yeah because then we'd have plausible deniability when the russians nuke kiev <laughs> like what <laughs> yes uh, yeah it's whatever well who, who cares we got putin who cares yeah. uh Great. i think i think what they should do right sure okay whatever the hag is doing their thing um they should include a bounty just a really big bounty if they want results <laughs> and then just see what the see what the world's uh large and illustrious supply of bounty hunters does yeah fuck see see how big crime responds to a bounty mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that. and then also uh that would just evolve into people putting put you know bounties out for you know bush or obama or trudeau and then all the world leaders would just have to be more accountable otherwise bounty hunters would come get them i uh, i have a theory that the uh the arrest warrant is only going out to give the russian government the the top leaders a chance to settle you know this thing someone high up just has mm -hmm. to take the boss's job hand over the boss and now he's the boss right and he gets to keep everything that they won in ukraine will be the deal right that's mm. how I see that playing Maybe, out. Maybe, yeah, I, that, I, that I, could be a smart play. I don't see Putin being dumb enough to get caught, unfortunately, though. Um, <laughs> I, I thought of another uh, topic we should have talked about when we can move on from this sure. dead horse. Um, the bank collapses this week. Don't Did you guys hear about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. There were... <laughs> 
there were three banks that went down or almost went down. There was a, a bank that doesn't matter, and then SVB, and then Credit Suisse almost went down. Oh, banks, banks, yeah, money. I no 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 fault on your part. I thought you were talking about like the banks of a river, like three river banks. There was major flooding somewhere, and I was like, wow, that sounds like a really terrible natural disaster. You are okay. Such financial a pure naturalist. I wish that when I heard I, the word I'm bank, just... I thought of rivers. Well, just go look at more rivers, I guess. The Danube's great this time of year. Oh, man, I've always wanted to travel down the Danube. Anyways. There's, there's so many cities to visit. Anyways, yeah, uh, the, the banks. There was this article that came out about SVB, and apparently uh, uh-huh. on the, the board of directors, you guys know how corporations work, right? There's a CEO, and he reports to the board of exactly. directors, and the board of directors yeah. reports to shareholders. So the board of directors is like 12 people. And they don't have to be anyone special, but they're usually right. rich people or token, you know, liberal minorities or veterans or things like that. But um, the uh, there's been like a bombardment against SVB, or there was against SVB when it went down. That uh, maybe the reason they went down is because of wokeness, and it's because of on their uh, board of directors, they had to have one LGBT person one person of color and two veterans and at least three women or something like that out of 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so they were blaming uh, this uh, company for maybe not focusing on the fundamentals, right? For like two days. And then Credit Suisse almost goes down. And I don't know if you know anything about Switzerland. Not a lot of minorities there, right? And the, the board of directors there, <laughs> white as white can be. So I thought that was hilarious. Um, but there is no banking, uh, the point of bringing it up is there is no banking crisis. I mean, maybe you guys disagree, but I just think the inflation rate was, uh, sorry, not the inflation rate. The, uh, interest rates were raised by Jerome Powell and it, it just caught some people with their pants Mm -hmm. down. The most aggressive people with their pants down, I would say even. Yeah. Yeah. Also, any institution that's above $250 billion is protected still by Dodd-Frank, and they won't be exposed to these kinds of shenanigans, right? All these banks that are going down, they're huge, right? $200 billion around, most of mm. them, right? But eh, it's not like Wells Fargo going down or some shit like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Capital I, One. I don't know anything. Bank of America. About money. Yeah. And is is there or is there not like a a bailout occurring the way there was in two thousand eight? So what they said, I'm getting mixed reports on. Yeah, that. that's because they're giving out fucking disinformation at the uh, the White House. But Biden comes out immediately for SVB and says, uh, sh- "Sorry, taxpayers will not pay a dime on the uh, on the bailout for the uh, the SVB bank. Right? They are getting a bailout, but it's from a fund." that banks pay into uh, through charges and fines and things like that. And so all the uh, mm. the accounts, uh, the depositors had their accounts assured up to $250,000. So that means anyone small there didn't get fucked. But anyone who was big there got their money out beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. like, saying that the taxpayers aren't going to pay for this bailout is ridiculous, right? Because that... Uh, the money goes away, that security credit goes away, it adds to inflation, it adds to speculation, right? Like, the American people paid for this, right? $170 billion or whatever it was to fucking bail those people out. They uh, they may not feel it directly. No one reached into their pockets and said, you know, we're levying a dollar from each of you. But they said, mm-hmm. you know, my guy, I need your cash, and uh, you just won't notice I'm going to make more cash, <laughs> basically. Uh, the, the Fed basically came out this week and said the Fed has infinite cash reserves, which means they're just going to keep printing until this crisis, you know, ends. They uh, they have no compunction about that. And it's speeding up the end of their empire, in my opinion, but as the whole world also circles the toilet, it may be the only empire that, like, survives this next 15 years. You know what I mean? like. Yeah, I mean, it's all just made up. It's all just imaginary at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's, finance uh, you know, absolutely is all imaginary. The uh, it's the... yeah, it's it's just a funny, it's just a funny, silly pretend game that the men in suits play to keep themselves occupied. Yeah, they get to pretend they know about what's going on in the world and you know appear very educated and 
you know, very genteel. But they are, in fact, just playing with fucking fake dollars. It's just absolute an absolute sham. The 2008 yeah. financial crisis should have been the end of capitalism. We should have been like, well, that was a good run. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that was kind of dumb. Maybe let's try to fix things now. Yeah. yeah. Didn't do that, though. Didn't do that. Uh-huh. I've seen a video of... Uh, we're coming up on... We're on an hour now. Sorry. But um, mm-hmm. I've seen a video of... Uh, I think it's from a a Moore uh, documentary. What's his name? Michael Moore. And it's... Uh, Alan? Of, yeah, no. <laughs> and I... Uh, it's of Wall Street uh, people, and they've hired singers, right? And they're singing an original work for these Wall Street people about how they'll never pay taxes again. Oh. And uh, it was during the 80s when all the... the you know, the financialization and neoliberalism really started. And I, I think about that mm-hmm. clip all the time, right? Like w- when the 2008 cra- uh, crash should have happened, that clip should have been played everywhere, right? Like that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Well, sorry we didn't get to your article, DJ. It did sound fun. It's okay. Uh, three weeks old, three week old article. Uh it's just gonna sit there. Just gonna. <laughs> the top. It's getting a little moldy now, but whatever. The topic is good. We'll jump into that one first next yeah. week. Yeah, we'll. Yeah. Uh, so nobody, nobody do anything. Yeah, don't do anything. Week. Don't touch our dial. We're gonna talk about something cool next week. Oh yeah. For sure. Definitely not gonna be boring. No. All right. Summer's coming. <laughs>